Hallelujah. We thank God you have tuned into this message by David Entry at Caris Church. No hand can help you with the fulfillment of your destiny but the word of God. May God's hand align with you further into your destiny through this word. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 8 to 14. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these, put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Father, thank you for bringing us together for the exclusive privilege of hearing from you. As you make us understand from your word that when we gather, what you've got to say to us is more important than what we have got to say to you. Lord, this is the moment where we want to hear from you. Give us encounters in your word. Reveal yourself as the father of glory. Reveal yourself as the God of glory. That as we hear your word, we will experience and encounter Christ who is the ladder connecting points between heaven and earth, that heaven will break loose on our earthly lives all to the glory of your name. Thank you that the entrance of your word gives light and brings understanding to the simple. Holy Spirit, do what only God can do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says that puts off First of all, it says that mortify your members. Then it speaks to us about how after mortifying our members, it goes on to tell us that we should put off all these. There are things that are part of you that shouldn't be part of your identity anymore if you are in Christ. Do you see that lady? Which lady? The one in the red. Her, the color of her dress or the one in the long dress, whatever she was wearing is used as a point of reference to identify her. Now, it says that what you are by nature shouldn't be your point of reference for identifying you who are in Christ. What you are by nature is supposed to be put off. By nature, we all can be pleasant. And by nature, we all can be very unpleasant, depending on what state we are in. Even the most peaceful one of us can be unpleasant. 
because it's natural. You think you are a very nice person, but naturally you can be very mean. Mean. You're only nice to the people you want to be nice to. But when it comes to some people, you are naturally very mean to them based on your experiences and your background, your upbringing, your philosophy, and your worldview. You just naturally will be mean to some people. And you naturally will be favorable to some people. And so the scriptures make us understand that. But now, that means in the past, you could afford to say, as for me, they don't know me. They don't know who I really am. These guys are yet to see who I really am. He said, but now put off who you really are. Put off. Put off. Why? Because you are in Christ. And who you really are is not needed. For what God can do in your life. If you are not in Christ, I'm not talking to you, please. Before you take it out of context. But it's, if you are in Christ, he said, but now put off all these. Put off anger. Put off wrath. Put off malice. Blasphemy. Put off filthy communication. Take it out of. You know, like people who wear dentures. Yeah, they can't. They can't. <laughs> <laughs> He said, remove something from your mouth. He said, put off. Some things must be put off. It doesn't matter how upset you are. Be careful some things are not found in your mouth. I'm not teaching codes of ethics or morality. I'm teaching Christ-filled life. If your life is filled with Christ, then some things need to be put off. And he mentioned the things that should be put off. He said, put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. And then he said, oh, you see, anytime you read the New Testament, you come across one another or one to another. He's talking about a certain community life. Don't forget it. Because there's a community life that exists within the church. You cannot do church if you don't value community life. Because when you become born again, God instills in you the ability to be communal or do community life. To be cooperative with others. So as for me, you know, I normally don't get off. You are lying. If you are born again, you will get off with some people. Yeah. If you are born again, you will get on with some people. When you are in Christ, whatever the Bible tells us to do in Christ does not come from us. It comes from Christ, who is the source of our life. So then, if God says do it as a believer, that means that you have it already worked into you. It has already been programmed into you. What's the usefulness of a mobile phone that cannot make calls? <laughs> a mobile phone that... It can do everything, but it cannot make calls. Then it's not a phone. Maybe it's a mini tablet. <laughs> but for it to be a phone, it should be able to make calls because the phone call making mechanism or apparatus have actually 
been manufactured into it. That's why it's called a phone. For you to be called a child of God, that means the life of God has actually been, it's not because you started coming to church that they say, now do this. No, but because you are a child of God, the life of God has been working. That's what makes you a child of God. Now, from that resource of the life of God, the scripture makes a demand that live out of it. Am am, am I communicating somewhere? So our Christian virtue is not based on our human forte. Naturally, naturally, I'm not a friendly person. Forget it. Now you are in Christ. You must let you, you must. (laughs) Yes, please. Naturally, when I get angry, it takes two weeks to to settle down. down. And the Bible says that don't let the sun go down over your anger. So the Bible has given you less than 24 hours, 12 hours for this. And you also, by nature, is two weeks. So the Bible is not depending on your nature to please God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it's God who is at work in you, both to will and to do according to his plan. So for you to do anything to please God, God must be the inspiration, or he must be the catalyst. Yeah, that's right. He must be the catalyst behind what you are doing to please him. So, he said, put off. And I said, do not lie to one another. The one another, really, to be truthful to the context, the one another, who is one another? He's talking about this are Christian community life. There are Christians who lie to other Christians so bad. Sometimes it's very scary to enter into a business with, or some business dealings with another Christian. Because there's really no difference. You might think that he's a Christian. So I'm going to rent my house to him. He won't pay the rent. Not because he's a Christian. No, no, please. I'm not saying that even if someone is a Christian, don't pay rent. But now, their lives have been so blurred that people who are supposed to be in Christ are still living a natural life. So now you are dealing with them based on credit from Christ. Thinking that they will live based on their new life in Christ, only to realize that this one doesn't pay rent, and if you do, it will take you to Citizens Advice Bureau. That's why the fact that someone says he's a Christian doesn't mean that he's a marriage material. Yeah. It's, it's sad or it's quite disturbing that someone can be very actively in church but passively in Christ. Very active in church but extremely passive in Christ, docile, dormant in Christ. Your life in Christ is dormant. Your worldly life is dominant, even though you're in church. That's why I put it to you. That's why you you could have the unmitigated audacity to say, me, this person, me, I don't talk to her. She's one of my enemies in the church. You see, you are an enemy of the cross. Lying to people. Lying. Lie not one to another. One to another is really talking about within the context of the church life. Don't lie to her. Don't lie to people in church. Don't lie. So, Bible says, lie not one to another. Shall we all say that together? Seeing, why? Because seeing that ye have put off 
You're an old man now. It's, it's not even just these things. It's not, I don't do this, I don't lie, I don't blaspheme. It's not only that. You have actually put off your old man, your, your real you, outside of God. He says, see, that's what has happened to you. How can you still be lying to others? One to another, this one is lying to this one, this one is lying to this one, this one is lying to this one, this one is lying to this one. In church! In church! Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, the new man is renewed. I explained in our previous teaching how the new man is created in Christ based on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15. But now... Here in Colossians chapter 3, it talks about how, verse 10, how the new man is renewed, not created. So in your spirit, when you become born again, the new man is created. That's the life of Christ in you. That's what makes you part of the church. The church is not really an idea. The church is a reality in a believer's spirit. So you become part of the church not because you decided to go to a church, you become part of the church of Christ because you are born again and the new man has been created in your inner man. So the new man is created. So now it says that in Colossians, it says that put on the new man which is renewed. Now remember Colossians, Paul was dealing with all kinds of opposing ideologies that tried to marginalize Christ, that tried to exclude Christ, that tried to add to Christ. And Paul had to write to, because they are dealing with a lot of ideas and their minds were under attack, which is the leading part of the human soul. So Paul says that the, the new man is renewed. So when you are born again, the new man is created in your spirit. Now as you live your life, the new man now is renewed in your mind according to the knowledge. Do you see that? So it's something that you get to know. Something that you get to know becomes responsible for the renewing of the new man in your mind, all right, or in your soul. So it's a, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him, Jesus, who created the new man. So the more you are beginning to know Christ as the image of God, very important, the more you're beginning to know Christ as the image of God, the more the new man is being worked in your mind. The rate of your transformation is much more predicated or reliant or dependent on your understanding or appreciation of who Christ is. That's very important. So the rate of your transformation in Christ is in direct correlation or in direct proportion to your knowledge of the image of Christ. Christ is our savior. Christ, so that's why we should never be tired of teaching and talking more about Christ from scripture. The more people get to know who Christ is, the more they are being transformed. He said, we all with unveiled faces, if your face is veiled as to the image of God, your transformation will be compromised. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we all with, uh, in fact, verse 16 says that, but when one turns to Christ, 
That's where the unveiling starts. So nevertheless, when one turns to Christ, the veil is taken away. So the revealing of Christ, that takes away the veil. So when you are a believer, you have turned to Christ. The more you focus on Christ, the more the veil is taken away so you can actually see. So now watch this. He says that we all with unveiled faces. Now, after our faces have been unveiled, we all, those of us who have the unveiled faces, are beholding us in the glass. So... You are looking at Christ in the text as a mirror, and you begin to see Christ in the text because the Christ in the text says, lie not one to another. So that's where the new man is being renewed. Lie not one to another. One day I was reading my Bible many years ago, and I saw the servant of God must not strive. Second Timothy chapter 2. The servant of God must not strive. He must not get into contention. You are like enemies with human beings and you are in contention. And I said, the servant of God must not strive. So then watch this. That is not just a rule to obey, but that's discovery of the nature of Christ in text. And now that became responsible for next time when opportunity comes or something happens and I'm entering into strife. I remember that. I'm actually transformed. I'm renewed. So I won't enter into that. See, so when we all with unveiled faces, beholding us in a mirror, are being changed into the image you see. He said, you are being transformed into the, somebody says, same image. Not a different image. So the revelation you see in, in scripture of Christ is what determines the rating of your transformation. The quality of your transformation. The state and the nature of your transformation. That is why you can't afford a believer with a closed Bible is a believer with a suspended transformation. You can't transform without the scriptures. Without, he said, we all, with unveiled faces, beholding us in a glass. So you see yourself, oh, all right. The reason why many women tend to have many, many mirrors in their bags. You know, sometimes one of the eyelashes can become rebellious, so it's going that way. And you, you, <laughs> you will not know until the mirror tells you that one eyelash is becoming very rebellious. Then you bring it back to order. <laughs> So it takes a mirror. So why do you need a mirror? To just see. And then you look at yourself, and you look at the way you are looking. Then you, sometimes you can pull things up because you are just looking in. <laughs> mirror helps you to fix your look. So the word of God, you as a believer, the word of God is the mirror that will help you to fix your look so you can look like the image of Christ. It fixes your look. So we all with unveiled faces, beholding us in the mirror, are being transformed into the same image. And that image affords you to look more glorious, from glory to glory. There's yet more glory that is about to manifest in your life. But it won't manifest until you begin to look into the mirror and being transformed into an image of the mirror. Then the glory of God begins to show in your life. And so our level of transformation has everything to do with our level of revelation of Christ in the text. So he says that this new man is renewed in knowledge after the image of Christ. Now go to the next verse. Put on this new man. And I explained to you that a new man is actually the church. Another name for the church is one of the names of the church, body of Christ, temple of God, kingdom of God, the house of God, 
the flock of God, and we find out that the new man, one new man, is also another name for the church in scripture, portrait of the church in scripture. So when he says that, put on the new man, another way is put on the church life. That's why I said, lie not, look at it, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put on the old man, and then put on the church life, put on church, put on where Christ, put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that is created. So then the new man keeps renewing as you keep putting and then what the renewal, the image that has been renewed for you, wait. So today, for instance, there's something you can't claim you didn't understand. Lie not one to another. Now that's renewal has happened. Wait. Apply it. Change your old clothes. Wear it. Now, so it's renewed. Now look at the next verse. The new man is renewed after the image of Christ. And he said, where there is neither Greek nor Jew. Watch this. Where is the where talking about where? It's where is about a place, right? Where is about a place? It is a who. In who he said, where? In the new man, it's referring to, the new man is a community life. He said, where? So put on the new man, where, where there is neither Greek nor Jew. So when it comes to the church life, your racial status is useless. It's not needed. Put on the new man where we don't need any racial demarcations. Greek, in fact, do you remember where he talked about um, to the Greeks, is stumbling block. First Corinthians 1.22. The Greeks look for signs, whilst the Jews look for wisdom. They categorize them. But it says that to us, whether Greek or Jew, all these things are not important. So when you are in Christ, your, your religious background or your ethnic background does not matter. That's why it's not healthy to say this is a Caribbean church. This is a Ugandan church. This is a Kenyan church. This is a Nigerian church, an African church, a Korean church. The church itself is gloriously heterogeneous. Amen. There's no boundaries. So there shouldn't be a church that is only tailored for. It's because the church of Christ, there is no Jew. There is no Greek. So Jew or Greek is racial. Circumcision, anytime you see the word circumcision, it's talking about um, people who observe Jewish religious norms. So Jewish religious demands. So that's anytime you use the word circumcision, but those who are observe, observing the Jewish religious demands, they are observing. So when they say sacrifice a lamb or a goat, if you haven't done it, they will have a problem with you. So the Pharisees were all circumcision, day of the circumcision, right? So now in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, chapter 6, verse 15, and 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 19, it mentions that Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says that, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. Who are the uncircumcision? People who are not observing any religious demands. So when you are in Christ, so neither circumcision nor uncircumcision matters avails anything. Well, for in Christ, neither circumcision nor all circumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Galatians chapter 6, verse 15. It says that for in Christ, neither circumcision nor all circumcision, the same thing. 
It doesn't matter whether you used to be very religiously astute and this one was very loose. No, he said, those things don't matter. People's background, whatever you come, wherever you are coming from, the nature of your background, once we have arrived in Christ, all those things don't matter. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, actually it mentions the Jews again, said, neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free. There is neither, I like that. I'm a woman, I'm a man, please put that aside when it comes to living for Christ and doing church life. I, you know, I'm a woman, so I'm a woman, I'm a man, so please don't treat women differently, don't treat men differently. We are all one in Christ, it's there, male nor female, we are all one. What? We are all, say we are all one. Say it again, we are all one in Christ. We are all one in Christ. So he says that Put on the new man. Because when you put on the new man, there is no issue of uh, male or female. That if I start with, there is no issue of Jew or uh, Gentile. There is no issue of circumcision or circumcision. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 19. That's a nice one too about circumcision. Circumcision is nothing. Ah, that's a serious one. <laughs> Let's all say that together. Uh-huh, and then... All those things, when you are in Christ, circumcision is nothing, uncircumcision is nothing. Wow. So it says that put on the new man where, where there is, in fact, let me, before I move on further, you see where it said where there is, there is neither. The original Greek sounds stronger than this expression. The original Greek is, goes like this, where there cannot be. Yeah. So, New American Standard Version captures it properly. He said, where there cannot be. When it comes to church, there cannot be differences based on race. Differences based on religious background. Differences based on civilization. Barbarian means uncivilized. Someone who is not civil, very uncouth. No, not civilized, barbarian. So, me, me, I don't get on people who are like that. That's my class. Please, there's no class system. There's no class system. I don't want to sit in here some people. Who wants to sit near you? Uh, <laughs> Who wants to sit near you? Obnoxious person like you. Intolerant person like you. Who wants to sit near you? You don't want people, but you don't realize that people just don't. But when we come to Christ, when we are in Christ, he said, watch this, put on the new man. Some people come and you are not wearing the new man. That's why you have discrimination against people in church. In your church life. Because you are not wearing a new man. If you put on the new man, you don't see discriminations. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Circumcision or circumcision. Barbarian. Scythian is a higher form of uncivilized person. That one is wilder. <laughs> wilder. Yeah. It's a get on with him. It doesn't mean you endorse certain behavior. But you can't say you are better than them. Or for the sake of the church, we are all one. For the sake of Christ, because we are one body. Now look at the next verse. See then, bond or free. Bond them in someone who is a slave. Those days, you know. So in our modern days, you can put it this way, employed or unemployed. <laughs> yeah. So bond or free. But watch this. Let's, you see, that, that first phrase... Where there is, where pointing to a jurisdiction, pointing to a sphere, 
It says that put on the new man, just seems to suggest from this text that the new man is a sphere within a certain territory. Put on the new man in which where there is, so within, I submit to you, this new man is talking about this church life. There is neither male, female, Greek, Hebrew, whatever, but watch this. He said, but what? Christ, oh, Christ is all. And not is all. Is connotes the constituent element of what you have become. In other words, when you become something, what is responsible for what you have become? Okay, how many of you know that um, bread, normal bread, brown or white? Not 50-50. Not 50-50. Like full one and then osado or something. No, so the brown or white. Some people, they just don't eat white bread. At all. For their health reasons. They just cannot eat. And they might, might even react. Why? Because, but why, that one too is bread. Why are you eating it? Because the constituent component of it is kind of different. Even though they are all bread, the constituent component is different from this. In the same way, when you are in Christ, even though you are a human being, the nature of Christ, the element of Christ, the life of Christ has become your constituent component. Do you understand that? So it says that Christ is. The essence is, another way is essence. The essence, the substance. Remember I said Christ is the substance. The substance of church is not your good behavior. The substance of church is not your dressing. The substance of church is not even your religious antics mm. and postures. Mm. Now, when I get born again, sometimes you see people play. Sometimes you feel like that's more powerful. I want to learn that kind of. How many of you know? Yeah. You, you begin to learn some behaviors that are just activities or actions. And sometimes the way we do our singing, we copy. And sometimes something impresses you and you like that style. You know, but sometimes you can copy a style but miss the constituent element. So you see the way I'm preaching, you want to copy my style of preaching, you also go and read my scriptures quotes. But you see, my constituent element is a certain encounter and walk with God. So you can copy the style but not replicate the constituent element. People can gather together and even sing the songs we sing in church, but they cannot copy the essence of what we are. Our gathering, the essence of our gathering is Christ. Amen. Christ is what makes us a church. The Christ, is, the Christ in this meeting is what makes us a church. Yeah. Not the arrangement, not the systems, not the songs. It's not the singing that makes it a church, but it's Christ. It says that where there is neither Jew nor Greek, barbarian, circumcised or uncircumcised, Scythian, barbarian, and all that, but Christ is. Christ is. The definition of the church is one word. What? Christ. The church is not a gathering of people who are singing. The church is not even a gathering of very nice people and very biblical people. No. The church is not a building. What is the church? I can't hear. What is the church? What is the church? So when we come to church and Christ is, can you imagine that there was a church in the Bible. Even if it was in the Bible, it's a, it, at least you can. But this one is a church that was in the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
That, that means that we modern day church must be very careful. Because if a church whose name is, was in the Bible could do this, then we, whose names are not in the Bible. A church in the Bible managed to have a service and Christ was begging them, can I come in? <laughs> they were having church service. They were having church. We are saying thank you, Jesus. It is the music they were enjoying, but Christ was standing at the door. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. This was not writing to an individual. It was writing to a church. I, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, we are having church without Christ. Is it possible? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There are many churches that do not have Christ in it. Many. It started from the Bible times. Started from the Bible time. Many churches that don't have Christ in it. And how do you know? Listen to their, just observe their focus of worship. The center of their gathering. The drive for the, the motivation for everything they do. You observe very carefully, realize that you can be there for two months, for three months, and this thing of Christ is very foreign. It's very foreign. You can be against Christ and yet be very comfortable in their midst. It says, where Christ, there's neither this, there's neither that, but Christ is. Or, and not just Christ is the constituent component. He's not just the constituent component, but he's also in all. If Christ is not in you, you are not in the church. If Christ is not in you, please. You are a religious person. It's not bad in itself, but it doesn't mean God recognizes you as a son. No. You don't have citizenship. You are not a citizen of the kingdom. Right. If Christ is not in you, what makes you a Christian is not your behavior. Not your behavior, excuse me. I was born in a Christian family, so I'm a Christian. Excuse me, you are not. Being born in a Christian family doesn't make you a Christian. It's like being born in a garage doesn't make you a car. <laughs> being born in a zoo doesn't make you a lion or anaconda. No. Your mother could be in labor in church and you came out in church, still doesn't make you a Christian. No human being can ever be born as a Christian, else you wouldn't need to be born again. The reason why you have to be born again because Christ comes in with your second birth. You are not natural. No one can be a Christian naturally. Do you hear what I say? You cannot be a Christian naturally. The way you cannot be a true worshiper naturally. You can't be a true worshiper naturally because God is revealed. God is revealed. At best, you can be so religious naturally. Some of us, me, I was very religious before I became a Christian. Oh, how many times did I used to go to church a week? 14 times a week. And I loved it. It wasn't boring at all for me. Like some of you who claim to be born again, coming to church is so boring for you. Me, even when I wasn't born again, going to church was not boring. Why? Because I was very religious. So the fact that you call yourself a church goer doesn't mean Christ is in you. Being in church or knowing how to do how church does things doesn't make you a Christian. You can go to theological seminary and still not a Christian. In most of the universities in the United Kingdom, the theological faculties are taught by people who are not Christians. In most of the established churches, 
established national churches and stuff like that, there are a lot of the leaders who are not Christians. They are, not, they are just very religious people. And they have read the Bible and from intellectual point of view. There is no intellectual pathway to God. You can't access God because of your intelligence. It starts from the heart. He reveals himself. So he says, the new man, Christ is all. Not just that Christ is all. But Christ, this is serious. This is serious. But it breaks my heart that many people, you can be in church for a long time and never understand what the church is. Today, get it. The church is Christ in me, Christ in her, Christ in him, Christ in them, Christ in their us. That is the biblical, godly definition of a church. That tells you there cannot be discrimination, racial discrimination or racial barriers, you know, demarcations, uh, class demarcations, um, gender demarcations, religious demarcations. It doesn't work when it, because it's the same Christ in me, Christ in you. Now, let me tell you this before I move on. When you become born again, the biblical word is that you are in an, I want to use a word, if it's too much, I'll explain it. You are in an organic union with Christ. Now, organic in the sense that it's not cosmetic. Organic in the sense that it's an issue of life. Okay? It's, it's life, essence of life. So, Christ's life and your life has been fused together in your spirit. That's an organic union. That cannot be reversed. It's an organic union. Now, so, due, through that organic union, Christ works. He supplies he works his life, the essence of Christ, is worked into you. That's what makes you a Christian. The essence of Christ is worked into you. And the, oh, I like this, the element of Christ. The reason why some bread can be so sweet is because they've added sugar. Okay, let me tell you my Indian restaurant experience. I got to learn about mango lassi, which I thought is nice. Then I went to a restaurant, Indian restaurant, and they didn't have mango lassi. They told me there's another lassi, but that one has not got mango inside. It's not sweet. It's just like yogurt, plain yogurt, but it's, it's a lassi. So I said, let me try it first. I tried it. No, no, no. I want the mango one because this one is not sweet. It's the same base, the same base element, but they have added the element of mango into it, sweet mango. So when you have it, you think, oh, this is sweet. In the same way, when you become a Christian, it's the same you. But now, the element of Christ, the element of Christ has been added to you. That is what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a Christian is the element of Christ has been added to you. The life of Christ has been given to you. And you live based on that life. And your strength for the behavior that brings glory to God is not coming from your natural ability or your human nature. It's coming from the element of, oh, I feel like preaching. It's coming from the element of Christ that has been working to you. Shout yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. So the new man, there's no discrimination, no divisions, but Christ is all and in all. Wow. Christ is in all. Christ is all. What's the definition of the church? Christ. What's the definition of the church? Christ. That's it. 
So when BBC is talking about the church, make sure they are talking about this element. Any church that has not have this element is not the church of the Bible. It's a different thing. When any organization is talking about church, let's make sure we know what they mean by the church. When you are going to talk about the church, make sure you are no more ignorant from today that you know what you are talking about. You are in line with God's definition of the church. And that church, the definition is Christ. And that church, you can put on. <laughs> Why? Because Christ has actually been worked inside you already. So you can now put on Christ. Put on the new man. Put on the new man. Let me finish on the next verse. Is someone getting something? Verse 12. It says that put on. Did you see that? What does it mean to put on Christ? Put on the church. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We are the chosen generation. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. He has chosen us. Wow. We have been chosen. Someone say, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. You were, you didn't become a Christian by accident. You became a Christian by design. Mm. Wow. Yeah. By this. God designed it that you will be a Christian. Oh, no, but how about those who are not a Christian? When you meet God, he will explain it. But no one can become a Christian without the chosen of God. Yeah. Ephesians 1, 4. He has chosen us when? Before the world began. He chose that you. In fact, of your past, the things that, look at, about 20 years ago, the things that you used to do. People who knew you then, when they see you a Christian, they'll be, this guy, I can't believe I have to see. Yes. Because it's not you. You yourself would, be, some of us here, you would never thought you would be in church. Oh, yeah. It was never part of your plans that I'll be in church and listening to the word of God. I don't have time for that. But today, look. Wow, because he chose you. He chose you. Say, I'm chosen. chosen. We are chosen so that Christ will be in us. That's why he chose us. In Titus chapter 1, verse 1, it speaks about how we have been chosen. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's chosen. There are people God has chosen. God said, I have a vote to cast. When God went to the ballot, guess who he voted for? You. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He voted, he elected you. You are God's elected president. <laughs> Chosen. So he said, Watch this, this is going getting interesting. He says that, put on therefore, as. So you are not doing it as everybody, but you are doing it knowing that God has elected you. You understand that? There are things you have to know that will empower the way you behave. Put on therefore, as the elect. Of God. Then he says, You are holy. Hey. Hey. Tell someone, I'm holy. I'm Some of you can't say it. You see, you don't have faith. You see, you don't have faith. You don't have faith. Tell someone, I'm holy. Yeah. I'm holy. He said, you are, If you are elect of God, then you are holy. What does it mean to be holy? Holy. To be holy means that you have been set apart. From everything. So holiness in this sense means that people who God looks at us from above, he looks in the world, but he has people who are different from the world. He has his own. He has elected them and they are separate. You know how, let me even put it this way. There are so many angles I can look at it from. Sometimes my wife may be preparing something and maybe I like it a bit hot, but she may not like it hot. The others may not like it hot. 
I like yours. So when you finish, she will separate, sanctify my own. <laughs> and then make it holy and put pepper in it. And so or more chili in it or whatever. So when the children, mommy, which one? I said, no, no, that one is holy. Don't touch that one. That's another. It's separate. It's separated from the rest. Set apart for daddy. And that one, the meat inside is likely to be different. <laughs> it's been set up. Look, look, look. You know the demons that have been troubling people from your background? They try to come again. God says, hey, you can go to other members, but this one I've set up. Uh, hallelujah! God has actually gone through the trouble of taking you and setting you aside for himself. He said the rest are common, but this one is not common. And when God looks from heaven, in spite of who you are, what you have been, where you are coming from, and the negative things people know about you, God still looks from heaven, and because Christ is in you, he said, you are holy. 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 Shout, I'm holy! Shout, I'm holy! So when we talk about Christian holiness, Christian holiness is not so much about behavior, but it's about identity in Christ. And then he says, since you are elect and holy, your job is to put on. So this is an instruction. You know, when I was saying something earlier, I said, listen, I'm talking to Christians. Because it doesn't apply to unbelievers. Bible will not come and be giving instruction to unbelievers to put on the new man. Where is he going to get it from? It's like right now, I call you. And I said, lady, get up. Go put on the space suit. From where am I coming from? (laughs) Space suit from what? So he says, something you have to wear. Wear Christ. Wear the church. And if you are wearing the church, then there are things that will show up in your life. Put on, as the elect of holy, beloved, bowels of mercy. Bowels of mercy. You are so tender towards people. You are merciful towards people. That bowels of mercy, it points to bowels. It innermost, give us a different translation that uses the word different from bowels. Your, your heart, your innermost being. Just holy and The heart of compassion. So it's not something that's just exterior. It's deep inside you. Put it on. That when people are suffering, it should touch you. When your enemy is suffering, suffering should not come pleasant to you. Under any circumstance, that's what we're suffering. Powers of mercy. Mercy is like when people deserve something, they should suffer. I mean, you give them something favorable instead of something that will hurt them because of what they deserve. Then you show mercy. said, Put on because you are holy. Christ is in you. You are in Christ. Put on mercy. Sometimes be merciful. Say mercy. Mercy. Put on bowels of mercy. I've got a lot of it. Kindness. Humbleness of mind. Meekness. Long-suffering. If you don't put on these things, you can't live the church life effectively. You become a problem in the church. Even though you are part of a church and you are in Christ, you are a problem because you are not putting on the new man. I'll continue next week. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. We pray you have been strengthened and enlightened. You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including Instagram and LinkedIn. You can also hear more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and the Carriage Church app. Don't forget to like and share the message. Be blessed.